Hello there. I'm Gloria Warren, and this is the Eloquent Wife Podcast, a safe space in time where we discuss all things pertaining to wifelyhood. So whether you're dealing with unforgiveness, are in the honeymoon phase, or have unmet desires, needs, or expectations, you can rest assured that you will gain godly tips and strategies that will help to transform your marriage for the rest of your life. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Eloquent Wife Podcast for Podcast 18. For podcast 18. And today we have a wonderful topic that we're going to be talking about that I believe is really going to set many of you and your hearts free. Um, But before we get into that, I want to welcome you. I want to say welcome, 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 welcome. My name is Gloria Warren. And again, this is the Eloquent Wife podcast. And I am very very, very excited to be here this morning. Um, I just always have a high expectation for what I know God is going to do. And in all of that, through all of that, I just know that this is going to be a powerful one. So you can drop a heart emoji to let me know that you are here. If you're watching from the United States, if you're watching from another country, let me know where you're tuning in from because I want to greet you. I want to meet you. And even if you're watching the replay, I would love to um, have you interact. And for those of you who are listening through your podcast server, welcome as well. Do me a favor and please hit the share button. So even if you're watching the replay, if you're on right now, hey, Sister Joy, I see you here. You're always a big support. So I just want to say I love you. I love you. But whether you're watching the replay or if you're on right now, hit the share button because it helps Facebook to push this out to more people and when there's not a lot of interaction the algorithm will just shut it down and then we'll just not be able to get to as many people as possible so if you could do that for me please that would be amazing I appreciate you greatly so I'm not going to hold up the time but I do want to share um that these podcasts for as long as I know these will be available every Tuesday for the live recording at 10 a.m eastern standard time and then the podcast listening version will be uploaded at 1 p.m so um last week I had this prepared for y'all but y'all know I wasn't paying attention to the comments I muted myself and forgot to unmute myself so I want to share this with you yet again. This is my freebie that I love to give to newbies that come on. But this is the first time you're seeing this for many of you who will watch this replay. And this is a new devotional that God gave me that I want to share with you. And it's free. It's a PDF and you can go and you can download it right now. And well, after this is done. But it's 30 daily affirmations for wives, and it is to help restructure your heart to love and to forgive. So it's 30 daily affirmations of this, and it focuses on forgiveness, it focuses on renewing of the mind, and it focuses on attraction. Because if some of these things are off-centered, then these things will be misplaced in your heart. So this is just a free gift that I wanted to give to you. And so, um, yes, that is all of my announcements. I'm making sure I keep check on the, on the comment section. But let's go ahead and pray and let's get into the topic for today. Again, this is episode 18. And we're talking about suppressed emotions. Suppressed emotions. 
the unspoken matters of the heart. If you're married, even if you're not married, this is going to be something that everybody can pull from, but I just tailor it for wives, but this word can go for anybody. So let's pray. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you, God, for allowing us to gather yet again to be able to break bread together so that we can know that we are on the right path with you. God, we know that marriage comes from you. We know that our heart is to be centered around you and in you. And so, God, if anything in our life is misplaced, God, it can throw off so many different areas in our lives. So we just want to say, God, let our minds be open. Let our hearts be open to what you want to say to us. Lord, give us, give us your heart. Give us your wisdom so that we can flourish in all that you have called us to do and be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Suppressed emotions. The unspoken matters of the heart. The unspoken matters of the heart. So I like to start out with questions sometimes, and then sometimes I like to start out with definitions. It just depends on the day. But today I want to question and ask you, what in your life have you suppressed? Or what has happened in your life that you have suppressed? So today I am looking at this as a nitty gritty type of message, meaning the motive for today is that we are going to analyze the most important aspect or practical detail of a subject or situation. And today we're talking about suppressed emotions. And many times when we deal with us, when we deal with, you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to look at other people and see their flaws, but when we have to check on ourselves, we're like, mm, I'm checking out of this. I don't want to see this. I don't want to hear this because we, we would like to think that we're all that. We would like to think that we are something special, but at the end of the day, we all need Jesus. And many of us have gone through different things in our lives where it has caused us to suppress ourselves, our emotions in some type of way so suppressed what exactly does it mean when you suppress something so suppressed is to prevent the development the action or expression of a feeling need idea you restrain it or you forcibly put an end to it so this is what happens when you suppress something. So what is, what would you consider the definition to be for emotions? And I'm glad you asked that. It is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, their mood, or relationships or relationship with others. So when you're talking about suppressing emotions, you are restraining yourself from expressing how you feel, from expressing your needs, from expressing your ideas. You're force forcing yourself to restrain this. You're putting an end to being able to express your happiness, your joy, your zeal. You're putting a restraint on it even like just tailoring this to marriage on how you share your love with your husband, on how you give your love to your husband, on how you speak to your husband because you want to hold back from allowing anyone or him to see your excitement, to see the, the beautiful things about you because of something that may have happened in the past in your life that you're like, okay, if I open up in this area, it may just allow my heart to find a way to be hurt again. And so I'm going to suppress this. You know, I'm going to be happy, but I'm not going to show it. I'm going to show it just a little bit or whatever it is in how you act when you suppress yourself. 
this is something that we have to think about because we have all dealt with things in our past. And sometimes we don't realize we're doing these things. But God is bringing exposure because he wants us to live an abundant life. So. Suppressed emotions. The unspoken matters of the heart. Unspoken. Unspoken is something that is not spoken. It's kind of self-explanatory. But it can be expressed or understood without being directly stated as well. So when we talk about something being unspoken, if I look at my husband and I, and, and I know him and I know when he makes a certain face, what that means, he may not say a thing, but it can still be something unspoken to me in a large room of people that I will be able to understand. I'll be able to decode and comprehend. What happens when we, when we suppress our emotions, what happens when we do this? Because anytime we are allowing ourselves to be restrained all the time, anytime we are allowing ourselves to stay in a place where we are completely forcing ourselves to hold back on joy, to hold back on our on our love, it has to have an effect on us. And just like a physical wound may fester and become infected, it if it is left untreated, the accumulation of unaddressed emotions can lead to stress. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to anger. It can lead to depression. And so when we're talking about suppressed emotions, it's a big deal. You know, it sounds, you know, it sounds really, really simple, but it's really a big deal, especially when you're building a life with another human being that is very, very, very imperfect. We're all imperfect and we have a lot of flaws. And when we are, you know, in communion with them and when we we're talking to them, when we when we have to deal with them on a daily basis and we are constantly suppressing ourselves, we're constantly suppressing ourselves. At some point, your volcano is going to erupt and it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Repression is often confused with suppression. And this is another type of defense mechanism that we put up at times. Where repression involves unconsciously blocking unwanted thoughts or impulses. Suppression is entirely voluntary. So there are things that we're dealing with that we are aware that we are, you know, restraining ourselves from. But there are some memories and there are some things that have happened in our lives where we don't even realize that that memory is way in the back of our mind. I wish I would have looked up, you know, the different parts of the brain so I could have the the actual um, part of the brain for that. But there are some of us, well, many of us, we have things that we don't even know about. But whenever something happens, we just we just cave and we just go into this place where it's, it takes us back and it seems like, you know, we're having a good week. We make it 10 steps forward. But if one thing happens, it should not take us back 30 steps every single time there is something that shakes us to our core. And God wants to get us to a place where we are completely healed and whole. And when I was getting ready to come live, I'm like, Lord, what is the message or what is the overall summary of what you want your daughters to have for today? And the word that he gave me was wholeness and the soundness of your mind. There is not, you cannot have wholeness and soundness of your mind if you don't deal with some of the things that you're repressing and that you're suppressing. Every day, every week, every month, every year, we live year in, year out. Year in, year out, and we're still in the same place. And 
anything that is stagnant, anything that is not growing, everything in life should be growing. Whatever God has given you should be growing. Whatever God has placed in your hands, it should be growing. If it is stagnant, if it is stale, if it is dead, then there is an issue, an underlining issue that needs to be addressed. So back to, just for a moment, suppression. Specifically, suppression is deliberately trying to forget or not think about painful, painful or unwanted thoughts. Suppression is deliberately trying to forget or not think about painful or unwanted thoughts. And we have to ask ourselves, do I see myself in this? If I do see myself in this, why am I emotionally suppressed? Or why do I emotionally suppress my feelings? One major reason is self-protection. It's a protection mechanism that we all share. I'm sorry, I keep moving, hitting the, the microphone and stuff. But there is a force that is driving the wife who has suppressed her emotions. I'm going to say that one more time. There is a force driving the wife who has suppressed her emotions. Because of the hurt, because of the childhood trauma, because of the constant rejection that you may have experienced, whether it's now, whether it was last week, whether it was 10 years ago, whether it was 15 years ago, because of the constant criticism, we have to be careful of these things because when we're close to our spouse, we can become a critical part to play in some of their suppression. This can go for the man to the woman and the woman to the man. If you see something that you dislike and you're constantly harboring on the thing that you dislike versus speaking what it is that you don't see, but you're calling those things into existence that you want to see. And you're putting that in the atmosphere for it to come into fruition because our, our, our tongues, it has life in it. But when we're constantly being critical, because of the constant negativity that you may have experienced, you have literally learned to survive. So we're survivors. We're good at being survivors. You know, if you place us on an island, many of us will go to a place that we never knew that we could get to, and we will figure out a way to survive. But... God doesn't want us to just survive, but he wants us to thrive. Yes, he has given us survival mechanisms, but at some point we have to say, okay, I've survived long enough. I survived that season, but now that I'm out of that season and I'm trying to move into a new season that God wants me to be in, I can't take this baggage with me because if I do, it's going to destroy and it's going to, even if it doesn't destroy it is going to become a hindrance to the new thing that God wants to do in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of you and your husband together. God wants to get us to a place that we don't just survive, but we thrive. You learn how to cope with the inconsistency between what you perceived as love and also at times, maybe even hate. You learn how to cope with these things. And it's like, Lord, you know, I, I know that I hear, you know, love at one point. But then at the same time, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I'm, I'm hearing hate at the same time, too. Lord, this is confusing to me. Do I matter? 
is some of the questions that's asked in your mind. Do I matter? Can I do anything right? People who have suppressed emotions deal with these things. And I know because I dealt with these things. Do I matter? Can I do anything right? Why do I feel happy and sad within minutes or at times seconds from each other? Why does it feel like I'm living in hell on earth? Why does it feel like why does it feel like there is this this barrier standing in front of me and standing in front of my marriage, my destiny, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my siblings, my relationship with my friends, my relationship with my coworkers, my relationship with my church members, my relationship with anybody, dot, 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 my relationship. Suppression is formed to prevent the development, action, or expression of a feeling, a need, or idea. Suppression is formed to prevent the development, action, or expression of a feeling, need, idea. You use restraint to keep your feelings, your needs, or your ideas hidden because if those things are valuable to your heart, and mean a lot to you, if you are already in a place of survival mode, the last thing you want is for what is precious to you. This is speaking to your heart. The last thing you want is for what is precious to you, your heart, which could also be a dream, an aspiration, a desire, to be crushed by the mouth of the one who holds authority, rank, a special place in your life, or should I say in your heart. The last thing you want to do is share that because this could seem like the last thing that you have that you can hold on to that I have hope for a better day, but yet I don't know if it's safe for me to share. I don't know if it is okay for me to share. I don't know if I share this, if it'll get crushed and then it'll be something else that I have to suppress, that I have to walk through, that I have to conquer, that I have to overcome to make sure that I don't crumble under the pressure that I'm under or that I'm feeling. The weight of words can be measured with a strong balance. The weight of words can be measured with a strong balance. Your emotions are a natural, instinctive state of mind that is derived from your circumstances, your mood, your relationship with others. And so if you see yourself struggling with any of these things, then it is important that we say, Lord, Show me the areas in my life that I am ultimately keeping from you because if I present them to you, you are well able to heal me, to deliver me, to make me whole. But sometimes we, like that golden calf, sometimes we can want to lord over certain areas in our lives. Whether it is intentional, whether it's unintentional, whether it's too painful to think about, but whether it's, and when we are going through deliverance, when we are seeking counsel, when we are being stripped of things that have held us back, those things, they don't feel good. Many times things get ugly before they get better. When you see people, um, or when you see construction going on. The roads be tore up. Stuff be, I mean, it be debris everywhere. I mean, it just be stuff laying around everywhere. But at the end of it, when it's, when it's done with the process of being built, when it's done with the building phase, with all the minds who are very, very talented in what they do at constructing and making it what it was envisioned to be when it's all done. It's beautiful. But in the process of us going through our healing 
in the process of us going through and digging deep and giving it and presenting it presenting it to the Lord and building that halter where we're saying, God, send your fire down and burn this up because this thing is causing a hindrance in my life, in my life with you, in my life with my husband, in my life with my children, in my life with everybody that I come in contact with. And God, if your word declares that you came to give me a prosperous life, then therefore I'm going to fight by the spirit not with flesh because if we move by the arm of the flesh we're going to fail every time but if we fight by the spirit and we war in the spirit and we go to God and we give him these things because ultimately the enemy I said this all I say this all the time because it's the the plot plan and it is the plot and the plan of the enemy to steal kill and destroy you so anytime we talk anytime we talk we have to always make sure that we remember okay these things right here Every time I get up, these these three things could approach me today. So if they approach me today, I need to know how to be able to conquer that so that I don't go back 10 years of what God has already delivered me from because I'm still dealing with stuff right now. So the Lord wants us to give him our heart. Today, the Lord says wholeness and soundness of mind is what he wants to give to us. And anytime the Lord steps in, there has to be an ultimate change. Anytime the Lord steps in, there is going to be a change. Because how can you have all power standing in front of you, standing around you, surrounding you, and you not be made whole and you not be healed unless it's something that we're holding on to and we're like, I I don't know if I want to give this. I actually kind of like the pain a little bit because it reminds me. And sometimes we have to be delivered from that too. Sometimes we have to say, Lord, take this cup. Take this from me. Or Lord, save me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, keep me. Lord. Show me, me, so that I can know how I need to move with you. Because ultimately, we are to lean not onto our own understanding because in all of our ways, we're supposed to acknowledge him. We don't know what we need for tomorrow. We don't know what we need a year from now. We don't know what we need 10 years from now, but the sovereign God, the almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, he wants to give us He wants to give us everything that he has planned. He wants to give us everything that he predestined for us to have as we are moving through this life, as we are walking through this life. And anytime there is a deficit in you, you're going to feel it in your marriage. We always got to bring it back home because... We're talking to you as the wife. And if your heart is not healed, you cannot pour from an empty vessel. You cannot pour from a vessel that's cracked. There's going to be leaks that's going to come out of you. And through those leaks, it could be you exemplifying the same behavior onto your children that you may have experienced. It could be you exemplifying um, displeasure not knowing how to place your love in the right moments, in the right way. It could be so many different reasons, but if we're not whole and if we're not healed and if our minds are not sound, it's almost impossible. I would dare to say it's impossible to live in a healthy marriage if our minds and if our souls are not intact. We see people having so many issues nowadays and all we have to do it's so easy but we make things so complex if we just run to our father we build an altar we lay those burdens down we lay those things down I love the scripture that talks about all of you who are heavy laden come unto me I will give you rest and if we're not having rest in our minds, in our marriage, in our souls, in our bodies, if we're not having rest, then we have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to go to our maker and say, Lord, make me over. Even though I was not able 
even though I wasn't able to save myself from some of the things that happened, even in my childhood, even if I was not old enough to be able to protect myself from some of the words that I heard or some of the things that I had to endure, even if I was not able to do that, God, you were there and you loved me then and you still love me now. And so even in that I'm going to trust and believe that this is not too hard for you. And I'm going to trust and believe that if I open this thing up and I open this wound up, it may not feel good in the process. I might cry a little more. I might. But you getting those emotions up to come out is the way to deliverance. There is something that has to come up and out in order for you to experience deliverance. If it stays in there and you haven't cried in 10 years, there's some stuff that needs to come up and come out. There is some stuff that needs to come up and come out and God can do this. God can do this very, very quickly, but we have to be postured in a way that we trust him with our life. I had to get to a place where I began to say, Lord, I trust you with my life. Even in any situation that I face that I don't understand, God, I am going to trust you with my life because even though it feels scary, even though it feels hard, even though it feels like there's such a weight, even though I don't understand, I am going to trust you in the process and I am not going to cower down. I'm not going to dull myself down. I am not going to do these things and and make it seem like I'm protecting myself when really I'm just harming myself even more because me suppressing this is affecting everyone around me. So we have to know when it's time to say, Lord, purify me, make me over again. Make me over again. Make me over again. According to an article from teachinghumblehearts.com, they they stated this way. Self-control is a good thing. Emotional suppression is not. So what is the difference? Emotional self-control chooses when and how we release our emotions. Emotional suppression hides our emotions and won't release them at all. And unfortunately, negative emotions, they don't go away. No matter how hard, how hard we suppress them. They simply get stored up in our bodies. And if we are not careful, they will eventually destroy us. And this sounds like the enemy because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So my question to you, my dear sister, is this. What have you suppressed? That you may be afraid to deal with. What are the things that come to mind immediately at this very moment? That thing, that thing is the thing that God is saying, I want you to give that to me. When we talk about anything and if it brings up immediately a visual or a memory of something that was hurtful when when you hear a conversation about forgiveness or you can always tell what's in the heart by what the conversation is about because if we talk about forgiveness and your mind goes to the person that hurt you then maybe there is this prophetic flow that just sparked in you that God is saying that is the one that I want you to forgive I'm talking about forgiveness but if I brought their face to you then they are the ones that you need to work on forgiving because if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven, then we can't inherit everlasting life. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. The weight on your shoulders weighing you down in your everyday life has to be a full surrender unto the Lord if you desire to see the full manifestation of healing 
of wholeness and restoration in you and in your marriage, in your life with others. This can go on for so many different other relationships, but especially for you and your marriage. It is impossible to love your husband with all of you. If every conversation, if it calls you into regression and it triggers you of something that happened to you that has maybe even sometimes nothing to do with your present life. And even if it has something to do with your present life, this is still something that we present to God and we take to the altar of God and we say, Lord, I place this down at your feet and I pray that you would heal me from the inside out and make me whole so that when I deal with him, when I deal with him, I don't come from a place of bitterness and resentment, but I am really, really seeking to live a lifestyle like you did. Jesus, you were the ultimate You were the ultimate sacrifice. You were the ultimate example. The way that he was able to walk in the grace that he did. The way that he was able to walk in the grace that he did. Even around all the people that he already knew. You're going to be the one saying crucify him. You're going to be the one. You're going to be the one. Even when he was walking. When they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, he probably was looking at them like he's God in the flesh. He already knew you're going to be the one. You're going to be the one. I'm going to see you down there, too. I'm going to see you there. But he walked with such grace and such forgiveness. And, And one of his lasting things was, Lord, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so he is our example. And when we measure our life next to him. We know that we come up so short, but it's like, Lord, help me in the process. Lord, help me in the process. I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. I need you. I need you. He said, they that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. If I call on you, I know that you can step in and save me. But I have to give you permission. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to just force himself into our lives. We have to give him permission to come in, to step in, to take that thing and to make us over to sometimes spiritually, you can see it as him taking the heart, taking it out, breathing his ruach on it, breathing his breath on it, breathing and blowing all the debris off, putting it back in your chest and saying, okay, now you have been made whole. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you, but yet and still. He is a good father. He is a good God. Our God is a good God, and he loves us so much that he would be willing to die on the cross for us as sinners, even when we rejected him. Even throughout our lives when we didn't serve him and he remembers himself hanging on the cross, being whooped with 39 lashes. I don't know how I got to this place, but we here being done in such a way, but still having the compassion of the heart that when we finally get the revelation that we need him and come to him, he opens his arms to us and say, come in. And this is how he wants us to be with our spouse. He wants us to learn to walk in constant forgiveness. Even when there is something that happens, we don't go into suppression. We don't go into, we don't go into these things, but we say, Lord, I see it. Lord, I give it to you. I give me to you and I ask you to do what only you can do because it's only through you that this thing is going to work, that it's going to last, that it's going to be beneficial, that it's going to be healthy, that it's going to be a safe place, even for our children, even for the people that's around us. Lord, only you can do this. God, you see the matters of the heart. You see the unspoken things of my heart, but in it and through it all, I choose to give it to you this day. Because the word says, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. And if you know that you have things in your heart that has been holding you back and pulling you back and causing you to suppress every single time you face something that is hard, that is the very thing that God wants you to give to him today. Let us not constantly live in a place in our minds in our hearts, in our souls, that when we are walking this life together, that we're living in this union together, that even our husbands are not imprisoned from our hearts, from our bodies, from our souls, because our defense mechanism is so strong and has us looking through everything 
through an hourglass or through this 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 tunnel view that we have that we're watching them with one eye open and one eye sleep. May we forever go after the things of God and go after his heart, God's heart, so that our hearts can look like him, so that we can love like him. It is not going to be a pleasurable union if we are constantly looking at each other and we both dealing with suppression today i'm I'm talking to the wives because this is a page for wives but they can deal with stuff too they have to go to god for themselves but we talking we're talking about us and we're both suppressing things and we're both doing this and we're both in a place where we don't we don't fully value each other because there is this unspoken matter of the heart that is causing so many things to be rippled in our life. When you see a leaf hit the water and it ripples, you know, some ripples can go on for a few seconds, but there are some things that hit the water that can go on for a while. There are some things that may hit us that can ripple for a while. And if the rippling has been going on for years and years and years, it's time that we go to our father and truly give him our heart. We give him those things that we want, but even in the repression, the things that may be in our minds that we have no idea that's there, we can say, Lord, search me and know me. Try me, God. Search me and the Lord can bring all of those things to the surface. And again, deliverance, your healing, it may not start off feeling good. When God starts bringing things up and you start dealing with things, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. But at the end of it, when you see that skyscraper building and you see how beautiful it is now, but you didn't see the process in getting there, you have to know. There are, no short, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Healing is the first step for the heart. Jesus knows how to pull all of the gunk out of our hearts. He can go back decades upon decades upon decades and wipe those things away as if they never happened with one divine encounter with one sincere encounter with one person who exemplifies a contrite heart which he loves he can deal with the brokenness because he is a savior and if there is nothing to be saved then there is no purpose for him but when we realize God I need you to step in and save my life because I can't do this on my own and when we give him that leeway to lord now, you know how we say we don't lord over people, but we give him the leeway to lord us, to be our master, to be the one that we listen to. Even when he says, go apologize, even though they may have been in the wrong. It's like, Lord, are you sure about that? Because I think you should tell him to do that first. God will give you assignments that may not feel easy, that may feel hard, that you don't want to do. But because we say, Lord, I serve you lord i live for you lord i am your daughter lord you are my master okay i'm your master go do this and when you get done with that come back to me and then we can talk that is allowing him to be our lord that is the first step to our healing that is the way that we must go to get the suppression and the repression and the unspoken matters of the heart under our feet. So, there was a time in my life growing up that there was much that I endured when it came to love, to speech, to perception. Meaning harsh criticism was a tool that other broken people spewed on me as a child 
which led me to believe that there was nothing good that I could do. So I exemplified that behavior. Fast forward to my marriage. When my husband would tell me that he loved me, I would find myself every time asking, why? Why do you love me? How do you know that you really love me? What about me do you love? Because I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if I believe you. The decoding of words with your heart will always filter things based on your familiarity. It will filter what you hear. Your heart will decode what you hear, how you perceive what is said to you based on your past experiences. And if your past experiences are not taken to God, laid at his feet, and you have not come to a place of healness and, and of, of healing and wholeness, then you are going to perceive things through the filter in which you only know. And if you only know criticism, if you only know harshness, if you only know these things, then you are going to filter everything that happens in your marriage through that lens. And that can be the dangerous part in it. But yet and still we say, Lord, I need you to help me because I can't do this in my own strength. Lord, I know that I am supposed to walk in unconditional love, but I don't feel unconditional love in this moment. I don't feel my heart feeling that unconditional love. And when you suppress things for long enough, you can even stop feeling love for your spouse. You can go through so many different phases, but it's only through the Lord that you are going to be able to walk away whole with a sound mind. With a sound mind. Mind. If we have only been familiar with people, with men, with. I'll just keep it at that. People and men. Who were no good. Or who. You know, they said things, but didn't keep their word. You know, there are so many reasons why, you know, negative emotions can be built. But if we only see people through the lens of what we saw majority of our lives, it's going to be hard for us to see our husbands as somebody being worthy of honor, of valor and respect, even with their flaws. Even with our flaws, God still loves us. Even with our flaws, every single day, he still loves us. He still chooses to say, you are mine. You are my beloved. He still chooses to love us every day. And so if he still chooses to love us and we're not perfect, I, my life is not perfect. I go to God every single day because I'm not perfect. I'm like, Lord, you got to help me. Lord, you have to help me because we're flawed people. We're flawed. We're very, very flawed. And it's only by the power of God that even, even on our best days, even after our fasting, even on our best days, there are things that we may slip up and say, oh, Lord, Help me to get this flesh under control. And God helps us. But the same grace, the same love, the same compassion, the same thing that he gives to us is what he wants us to bestow on our husbands, on our children, on every person that we come in contact with. Those relationships are not going to be on the same level as us with our husband. But God wants us to bestow love, compassion, grace for people, even in their flawed state as well. The blessed thing about Jesus is that, again, he accepts us all with a mess, 
we have bound in us. But yet, we have to make sure that we're not quick to cut off the person that is also made in his image. Because when I feel a certain way, I think about the scripture, like it's, Lord, help me to hide thy word in my heart so I don't sin against you. When we know his word, we can better analyze our life. And so when people do things that frustrate you, then it says, how can you love me when you don't love the person that you see every single day and you ain't seen me? You know, you know, I'm a spirit. You know, you say you love me, but how can you love me when the person that you see every single day that's made in my image, you don't love them. You can't. And so this is his word. That's, that's like that two edged sword getting us back in order. Lord, help me to walk in love. That humility will always cause us to prosper. When we feel like we have it all together, that's when we fall. Pride cometh before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. But when we humble ourselves in the Lord, this is an issue. This is why it's an issue. This is why I'm upset with this person. Like, you need to be real with God. You need to be real and honest and raw with God. And you need to let it be known. Lord, he already know anyway. He already knows anyway. But when you go to him and you say, Lord, okay, this is my issue. This is why I have my issue. This is why I feel the way that I feel. This is why I did what I did. I'm sorry for doing that. I felt justified in that. I know it's not right. But Lord, I ask you to help me because I do feel a certain way in this moment. But, you know. I'm trusting that you're going to help me to, to walk through it and and to not embarrass you. Because one of the things that I always say, Lord, help me to live a life that is pleasing to you in your sight. Help me to live a lifestyle that if I do something, you don't have to turn your head. You don't have to turn your head and feel ashamed or feel embarrassed because the accuser of the brethren is always before God accusing us day and night. And so Lord, help me to live my life to where I don't give fuel to the enemy, fuel to the accuser of the brethren to come before you and say, this is what your beloved daughter did. I thought you said that, that she was somebody great. I thought you said this. I thought you said that, but look at what she doing. So God wants to get us to a place where the unspoken matters of the heart are eradicated, destroyed, decimated. Every word that you can think about of being destroyed, God wants to do that for you. We don't want to, as you see depicted, be in an intimate relationship with our husband. But yet we roll in our eyes like, okay, I'd be glad when, you know, this hug is over. I'll be glad when this thing is over. I'll be glad. But that we can truly have a repostured heart that no matter what we face, we can always see things through the lens that God has, that there will be. Even if issues arise, issues are going to arise. But the things that are deep within the heart can cause us to, it can cause us to see things in a way that can complicate a lot of things that don't even have to be complicated if we would just surrender there will be issues but when the things that's deep in the heart are dealt with are destroyed when the new things come about it's not going to be a grand mountain it'll be just a little anthill that you can squash immediately but when things are constantly piled on top of 20 years worth of issues, that is going to be an explosion. And so, God, we thank you in this moment. And so, God, we thank you in this moment 
because we need you. There are things in the heart that have hurt us to our core, but we need you. There are things that we may have battled with for years, but God, we know that you can destroy this thing. We know that it does not take you. It, it don't take you all day. If we really want to be healed, set free, and delivered, we can be healed and set free now. Not to say, when we pray and ask God to do something for us, we do it by faith. We do it by faith. And when we do these things by faith and we say, God, I give it to you. I lay it down at your feet. And tomorrow you see it rise back up in you. You have to say, no, I gave this to the Lord. But now it's time that I renew my mind. Now it's time that I renew my mind and I cast down every evil imagination. And I only think on those things that are good, that are holy or of good report. That I only think on these things. Now, when you deal with all the stuff that was in there and you gave it to God, you have to trust that he took it. That's faith. But then now, how we working out our soul salvation, you've already given it to him. You might have to give it to him again, but you have to work through this thing right here. That memory bank, you have to cast those things down. And when you cast them down long enough, they'll stop replaying in your mind. They'll stop it may take a while because if you've been dealing with something for 20 years, it don't just go away overnight. I used to pray, Lord, take this, take this memory from me. Not knowing that's not how I work. You got to work out this soul salvation. You got to work through that soul. You got to cast that thing down. That is you being a disciple. You're discipling yourself saying, I can think about it, but I won't. I can think about it, but I choose not to. I can think about it, but every time I think about it, I choose to cast it on the Lord and believe by faith that if I keep doing this, if I resist the devil, if I resist the devil, he will flee. So when the devil hear, hears us confess things, you know he coming with more ammunition. But when he sees that, oh, they serious. They serious, serious. They serious. And we continue to do that. That stronghold that it had on us, it gets less and less and less until it's like this fleeting thought that you'll be able to just dismiss immediately. And you can go on without with your day. You can go on with your day without it taking you back two months. That's the place where God wants to get us to. Wholeness, soundness of mind. Wholeness and soundness of mind. So, my prayer My prayer is that you will walk away with something in your life, with something in mind with something that has caused you to think that will cause you to run to want to run to your savior sister joy i see your emoji <laughs> so i'm not going to get no no teary eyes but thank you said thank you love you pray that you will walk away with just a heart to be repostured with a heart to be repostured to want to go to your savior and say lord i give this to you lord i've been holding on to this thing for such a long time but god i give it to you lord part of me i don't want to give it up but I'm going to give it to you. 
because I would like to experience what it really feels like to be in love. I want to experience what it really feels like to walk in love and in unity. I want to experience everything that I read about in the Song of Songs and Song of Solomon. I want my marriage to be blessed, blessed, blessed. I want my marriage to flourish. I don't want to just be half-stepping around here. I don't want to just be existing with a roommate. I want to be in love for real. I don't want to be doing that. And in order for me to do that, God, you know I got to give you this thing. Help me to give it to you. Even though it's hard, help me to give it to you. And so, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give praise. Mom, I see you on here. I love you as well. I'm going back through. Lydia, I believe that's how you pronounce it. You said, this is so good. God bless you. God bless you. Says Joy, you said, Lord, break our generational curses. Yes. Lord, we ask you to break these generational curses. I see my husband on here. Hey, my love. I see pastors raving. Good morning. This is good. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Suppression is voluntary. But seeking healing and wholeness is also voluntary and my prayer is that you would go before God yet again I'll say it again and give him your heart your mind your soul every hurt every traumatic experience every evil word every word curse that was spoken over you everything that the enemy used to try to destroy your life may you give that to God and may you allow God to heal you from the inside out so that when you are whole you come back you come back you come back with fire that you can help pull somebody else out of the pit that they're in because God has given you something great. And the enemy knows that if he can keep you in a stagnant state, if he can keep you in a state of hurt, if he can keep you wallowing around in that same place, he can stop you from going forth. But God, but God, but God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask, I think. And because of this, God, we say thank you, and we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. So, don't forget to download this 30 daily affirmations for wives. It'll help you to renew your mind. It'll help you to speak forgiveness and it'll help you to retrain your eyes your heart to long for your husband as well (sighs) there is such a peace that I feel and my prayer is that the peace of God will flow to you I pray that the peace of God will flow to you in this moment There is a peace that I feel. And I pray that the peace of God would flow to you. May the peace of God be your portion. There is something very, very special about you in the eyesight of God. In the mind of God. And he desires so much that... You come to him. And I know I keep saying it, but that is what just keeps ringing to me. He wants so much for you to come to him. And just give him all of you. So that you can be in a place where you can give all of you to your husband. So my prayer, yet again, is that you would go in peace. That the spirit of the living God would come and dwell with you and speak with you and talk to you and just give you his heart to see things through his eyes through his lens in the name of Jesus I pray so until next week until 
next time we talk on Tuesday, when we see each other then, and when you hear me then, I pray that this will continue to ring in your heart, that you'll constantly reposture yourself so that you can be the wife that God has created you to be and the wife that you desire to be and the wife that your husband desires to have alongside him. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray that this blessed you. I pray that it blessed you. Until then, I will talk to you then. Love you much and bye-bye. Hey sis, I pray you enjoyed this week's episode. If this was a blessing, then you for sure don't want to miss next week's episode. So meet me here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern for another conversation about wifelyhood. If this episode was a blessing to you and you'd like to see it flourish, consider becoming one of our beloved podcast partners to help us get this message to more wives abroad. If you feel compelled to partner with the Eloquent Oil Podcast, visit www.glorywarren.com forward slash partner to become an official partner. We have options for you to submit a one-time love donation or you can become a monthly partner through our secure giving portal. With much love and grace, I pray you have a blessed week. And until next time, it's Gloria signing off. Bye-bye.